Welcome home. A podcast by Taku. Taku, thank you very much for joining me today. Congratulations on the new project, Songs to Come Home To. Massive, massive album, 20 tracks deep, 30 plus features, massive names from, you know, Young Franco and Kabu and Touch Sensitive to all the way to someone like Questlove. And this is your first project in such a long time. It's very exciting to see that come around. I was hoping you could maybe like lead into how such a massive collaborative project came about and the growth that's led to this over the last seven years. Yeah, thanks, man. I, I guess like, you know, it has been a long time since my last release, like proper release, and it's been like seven years, you know, and I was thinking the other week that, you know, seven years is a long time for anything, like whether you make music or, you know, you have a hobby. And I think for me it was just like over that time I kind of just realised what I wanted my sound to be but also like what kind of artists I, I want, want to be and also need to be. You know, I think I'm highly collaborative in all the other things that I do. And I think this album is definitely more about us and less about me and bringing together all the people that, you know, have collaborated with me throughout the years and and also some like, you know, really big bucket list artists that I never thought I would be working with ever. So, yeah, I'm just I'm just happy to be releasing music again, to be honest. Amazing. Yeah. And I think the rest of us are as well, man. Speaking from a listener's standpoint here. Thanks, man. You were talking about how just then you mentioned that, you know, it's a lot of collaborations that have come across along the way and bringing to this journey. You know, I've seen you've done work with like Matt McWaters before and um, Wafia, obviously, and all these people that you've kind of worked with along the way, Jameson, they're all featured throughout the album as well. Is this kind of, you know, being your debut album, is it kind of like do you feel like it's an accumulation of your entire music career up to this point? Yeah, totally. I think that's the perfect way to put it. It's definitely like, you know, everything that I was and I am in an album. And it's like everywhere I've come from and the people that have helped me get get here, they're part of this album too. Like I definitely wanted, like you said, Wafia to be a part of this because she helped me, you know, discover my voice or use my voice. And people like Jameson too, he, you know, he's such a, an amazing and a visionary too, he he told me that I could, you know, what have you got to lose if you start using your voice? And there's countless of others people that have just kind of like helped me along the way and I wanted them to be a part of this. And it's funny you say Matt McWaters too because he is someone that kind of has helped me take my sound in working with him. You know, he, he co-executive produced the whole album with me and to really take it to a level that I honestly know for a fact that I can't get it there just just off the back of my own skill set. And I love that about making art, that you can achieve something you never thought you'd be able to because you have the help of these other amazing artists to help it get there. And, you know, with, with the title Songs to Come Home To, it just seems like really fitting for that to be the theme, that it's this homecoming, it's this like group effort, it's this like collective of people, which is normally what home is for a lot of us, you know, in terms of family and people that mean things to us. So, yeah, it's, it definitely is like a combination of everything that I've done since I started messing with music for sure. Amazing. It's been such an awesome journey to witness, you know, no matter how long, you know, you've joined in onto the Taku bandwagon or 
people like I remember when I first started like following your work, maybe about over just over ten years ago now, I reckon, like towards around the 2011, 2012 time. And you know, you think you're a day one at that point, and then you realize it gets deeper than that, and then you realize like you've been doing this for a minute, man. Like it, it's not just, it's not just like people ha- see you now for what you are, because I feel like you've obviously gained a lot of notoriety in photography and all your other creative formats because you're a multidisciplinary artist. I think it's easy to forget sometimes that music is the root of of your your creative outputs and how far that's really come. Yeah, totally. It's like my first love, you know. It's it's the first thing when I was like so when I left high school, you know, I didn't know what I wanted to to do. I knew that, you know, I loved hip hop, but it that's where it kind of stopped. I didn't think I was going to ever pursue anything in in music or, you know, making being part of hip hop, but you know, I think it still took a long time. Even when I was like, I dropped out of like TAFE, which is like community college for people listening in the US. Not that there's anything wrong with that, <laughs> but it's like, you know, I was never smart enough for uni. I was just like, I didn't know what I was doing. And I only really picked up music in my early 20s, which, like you're saying, is, you know, I started, I would say like 14 years ago, if we were going to kind of be really spot on. Where I was like, oh, I want to, I want to make beats, and obviously they were terrible back then. But like you said, this isn't like a thing that I've been doing for the last couple of years. This is like something that I've just always tinkered with ever since I was in my, you know, coming straight out of high school in my twenties. And it's something that just it's stuck around and something that's part of my identity. You know, no matter what I do, it always comes back to that for sure. You know, obviously you've you've touched on other creative aspects of your life since taking on music such as photography, creative direction, everything you do with Pretty Soon and the A23 and, you know, you've got that Discord collective and everything as well. How has that played an impact into shaping this album as well? Like where have where have those experiences led to and how have they helped this? Yeah, I think like, you know, I, I, I originally stopped music for a, for a little bit. I took a, like a hiatus because I, I was touring a little bit and I, I kind of realized that it wasn't really for me. And while I was touring, I picked up like a camera and started, you know, tinkering with photography. And I fell in love with it and became obsessed with it. And that's what I, all I did for a long time. And then, you know, pretty much became a professional photographer. And that kind of just dictated a lot of things. And then from there, I kind of fell into like the creative visual world and then did a lot of creative directions for brands. And, you know, I, I did the influencer thing for a little bit. I mean, you know, How why not? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like, it's interesting. It this definitely isn't me, but a lot, of, a lot of the time I was like, yeah, I'll do that for a bit of cash. <laughs> yeah, of course, man. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm, I'm not too good for that. I'm like, I'm, I'm definitely not too good for that. But, you know, I think I just fell into that world of like, you know, building creative communities and, and doing a lot of creative work that was outside of music. And it was just something that I'm, I think I have a very addictive personality where I get obsessed about something and just want to do it a lot but like you said before music is always kind of like that thing that just kind of comes to and fro with me where i'm just like i'll hear something or i'll be at you know out shopping and i hear something over the speakers and i'll be like what song is that and i'll shazam it and that could be the one thing that just puts me down this spiral of like i i want to write a body of music again and I think being part of like that more visual creative side for this album has definitely put me in the driving seat of like what this thing looks like as a whole holistic piece. 
I've always been that way anyway, but I think I've kind of, for this album, been in the driving seat for a lot of it. And it's, I loved it. And I really want to keep doing, doing it, you know. Yeah, you know, that's awesome. mu- music also looks a certain way. And that's something I'm quite obsessed with as well. That's really cool. Yeah. I think you can kind of see that you've taken a very holistic approach or like, you know, bird's eye view to the whole project. If you listen to it from like start to finish, it flows beautifully. That is the first thing that stood out to me personally. And I think to most listeners that will look, take, like, walk away from it, they'll be like, it feels like a full experience. It feels like start to finish. You're supposed to listen to everything in the order it's given. And the, the flow feels like wonderful. You know, tracks go from one to another such, in such a beautiful way. There's obviously an overarching theme that you can hear throughout the entire thing. And, and that's given not only like thematically through the messaging, but through the instrumentation and everything else as well. So I think definitely you can feel that you've taken a very visual approach to the album. So, you know, whatever you were trying to achieve with that, you've, you've got that going. So well done. Oh, that's a relief. <laughs> Thanks, man. Yeah. I think <laughs> no, it, it was, it was always a dream, like to, to come up with an album that, and people were probably like, man, 20 tracks is a lot. But back in the day, you know, when I got into music and used to buy albums, it was 15 to 20 tracks, you know, and I used to go to like Sanity, which is like a CD store out here in Perth, Australia. And I used to just like, grab all these LPs and put them in the CD tower and listen to them one by one, like the listening stations. And I miss that, you know, having that kind of like larger album experience and going through a bit of a journey when you're listening to it. Because it's funny, a lot of the albums out now are sitting at, you know, eight to 12 tracks, which is fine. But I've always had the, the dream to have an album out that is really lofty and kind of like really meaty, you know. Love that. I think... It's weird because you look at the the state of coming from a hip hop background, right? You look at large albums with like twenty tracks and like thirty features, and you're kind of you're kind of like, is this going to be something like a DJ Khaled project where they've just like got everybody who's relevant onto like an album and just like chuck them all onto like a record? But it doesn't feel like that at all. It feels so, you know, with it feels so to the point. It feels so concise. It feels like everything in here is intentional and every, every track and the reason these features are there is for a reason, you know, like it's everything there is. Yeah. It's, it's for a reason. I think that's the best way to put it. Oh, that's good. Cause yeah, I, yeah. I was, at one point I was like, I do feel a little bit DJ Khaledi. Like if I want to be <laughs> honest with myself, I'm like, am I just like bringing everyone together on this big kind of party record? But no, I think you're right. Like I didn't just get people, like feature people just for the sake of featuring them you know you know me and matt worked through a lot of the demos and i really sat with them and thought like i could jump on this and try and you know sing a verse on this but i know that this sound i, I know this is perfect for you know becca hatch or for my homie noi who's on the album a lot or like jameson for instance i just when i get that feeling it's like i gotta chase that and it's like i'd rather them do something amazing than me do something mediocre because nobody wants that so it's like yeah it would all it was all very intentional and i it's good that that came across that way yeah i think you know following your creative works throughout the years you can tell that storytelling is a very important aspect of of what you do no matter which format you choose right Mm. and um i feel like your use of intentional features on here and you know allowing the person involved to kind of bring the best of what they do and to help your vision in that sense 
it's really like sh- shined through on this entire project. You can tell like the story flows and there's a, yeah, everything is intentional and it's, it's all, it's all really about the story at the end of the day, it feels like. Awesome. So that's good. To yeah. Know. Amazing, man. The other thing I wanted to actually talk to you about was your voice and you know, how you've come about to becoming so comfortable with it, training it to where it is and really coming to a point where you're comfortable now to be like, here's an album, 20 tracks deep. I'm on all of these tracks and here's my voice in its purest form. Yeah, it's tough, man. It's, I still feel like I have a lot of work to do and I think most people feel that way about their art. But I know for myself, my voice is, is something I'm still figuring out. But all I know is that I love doing it. I love, you know, writing. I love songwriting. I'm, I might not be the best at it and I'm working on that. But I really love that aspect because you know I came up as a bedroom producer you know and I just was like especially back when I came up we we would just use like we were just trying to find rappers you know in the early SoundCloud days we were like trying to get placements and that's all it was no, and yeah, we would and we were treated like dirt too as like when we were okay with that we we're like yeah yeah no what I, I'm right like whatever you need yeah <laughs> and you'd send them backwards. yeah and you'd send them 50 beats and it's like man just take them all i don't care it's like oh and gosh. it's like now it's it's different because i just feel more empowered to be able to share music that feels that's literally from my soul and body you know it's my it's my voice coming out of me and i just let that dictate you know my confidence because i could sit here and, and really listen to my voice and get in my feelings about like oh you know i'm not sure i like the way that sounds i wish my voice was stronger I wish I could hit certain notes, but if I do that, I'm just going to stop using my voice. So I just use the joy I get from being able to, you know, do that, dictate how much I do it. And it's becoming more and more apparent, so I must be enjoying it a lot. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you can tell that, you know, there's, in in regards to other projects, this feels like you're way more confident with your voice as well, you know, of, of how much it, it appears throughout the album, firstly. And also the way you use it, like you can tell that, you know, you've put work into it, you've put effort, you've applied a different mindset when it, when it comes to kind of just like singing or, or just speaking in general or whatever it is. Like you can tell that, that there's real like love to it. And I think, you know, above all else, that's what it's about, right? Like, yeah, for like, sure. And actually on that note, I wanted to ask you. Love is a big aspect I've noticed or emotions and vulnerability is such a big aspect of your creative process. I like personally, you know, looking out from seeing what you do. Mm. Could you touch on that? Because I, I, I really, I don't see many artists these days who really explore vulnerability to the same extent that they do, that they used to, I guess. Yeah. I, I have no like reservations about doing, cause I think that's the essence of art. You know, it's, uh, it, it's kind of discovering those vulnerabilities and also touching on those emotions that we're not sure how to deal with them. I was thinking about like this album and, and all my music really and how I've used my music to, it's almost like therapy to me, you know. I, I've i gone through some things. Like my, my life is still amazing. I'm so blessed and, you know, I have an amazing family. But we all go through things. And I think when I ever did go through things, music was like my way of coping. And for a long time, I don't think I actually realized that to its fullest. I kind of just thought, oh, it was just a hobby that helped me, you know, pass the time while I was getting over something. But no, it was like a language to me. It was like a way that my body and my mind, my heart was able to 
to kind of go through things, comprehend things and like figure things out. And yeah, I think that's the main thing behind my eyes. I, I like talking about that because I know there's kids out there that might have a similar situation or grow up upbringing that have no idea how to communicate what they're going through. And if I can let them know that music is an avenue or any art is an avenue for them to kind of like figure themselves out, it's pretty amazing what it can do and like make you be an okay human because it could go south pretty quick. It could go south so quick, you know, if you just didn't have any outlet and you just were surrounded by bad influences, you could just get into some stuff that you wish you didn't. So for me, that's the main, that's the main kind of like driving force behind talking about creativity. And I think that's, yeah, so true for a lot of people. Did you have like reservations maybe like growing up or as a young adult kind of like expressing this kind of vulnerability? Was music like the first output for you or have you always really been like a kind of person that's okay to talk about whatever they're going through with people? How did you like, how do you use music in that sense? I'm pretty private. Like I'm quite an introvert. Like I I can be an extrovert if it calls for it, but in the truest sense, I'm an introvert because the more I spend with people, the more energy it takes from me, not the other way around. I think I think that's how they kind of classify introverts mm. and extroverts, but that might be oversimplifying it. But for me, it was like, you know, my dad's side is like the the Maori side of the family, that generation. They're tough dudes, do you know what I mean? Yeah, and I, I think you. growing up, it's like I really stuff happened, and I was like with my mum and my sisters, and I pretty much just became the third sister, I feel like. And it was like they encouraged me, you know, my mom and my two sisters being in that environment to just talk about what you're going through, but only with family, you know. And I think that helped me a lot just to kind of to be okay to talk about things because you need to. Otherwise, you know, especially for men, you know, you yeah, bottle, bottle it up and then it's like uh, intergenerational madness is pretty crazy too but yeah that that gets out of hand sometimes yeah and if you don't stand up and just like you know figure yourself out you get in some trouble but you know i think i i still kind of keep it quite private in terms of like what i go through but in terms of talking out loud about how creativity can help you solve all the things that is to be a human i don't have any reservations there i actually love talking about it because it does help me and I, I think it can help others too. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I remember when um, Songs to Break Up 2 came out and <laughs> your timing was perfect for my life, by the way. Oh, right. Because as soon as that came out, I was like, yeah, this is what I needed. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I had a situation happening at the time where I was like, this is really relevant right now. So yeah, thanks for that. Um, oh, all good. Yeah, we. I yeah. think we when we go through things, especially like that kind of heartbreak, we we feel like, man, it's, it's like it's game over it's like this is it I got, mm. I got nothing left but facts man i think i spoke about that because i needed to kind of i think as an artist i always say this we have responsibilities and it's up to you what you think you're responsible for but in my you know at that point when i wrote that ep songs to break up to i was like i think it'd be helpful to kind of share my feelings through and the, the insights about the music because I think people would resonate with it. And if you didn't, it was good for me to just get it out there. So, yeah. Maybe I'm an oversharer. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny. I, I kind of like, I kind of feel the same. Like I feel sometimes I overshare or I used to overshare a lot. 
but then music, like the stuff that you kind of put out, like it does reinforce the idea that vulnerability is okay. You know, feeling things is, is fine. Yeah. I feel like sometimes as like a guy, you don't really like want to feel stuff or you feel like, you know, it, it, you can confuse vulnerability for weakness. Yeah, totally. totally. And, um, I think the kind of music that you put out really reinforces that that's not the case. Mm. Like you're not weak for feeling things. It's a part of like the natural emotional spectrum. Exactly. And I think we all go through the same things. And I don't think we realize that. I think we think when we're going through this one thing that's happened that you're hung up on, that you're like, no one will understand me. But it's like people go through all this kind of stuff on a day-to-day basis. But like you said, we just kind of like treat it as something that's so incredibly taboo to talk about because like you shouldn't talk about it because you'll be seen as weak or you'll be seen as like petty or you know it's just like the more we can Mm. i don't like saying this phrase but the more like the more we could normalize you know (laughs) sharing things and just talking openly it it also saves a lot of time too like i know if you just talk openly and say what you feel respectfully you just save a lot of time (laughs) people will know where you stand and then they can do the same and then everyone's like on the same page and like life is good. Dude, and it's, Uncle Taku yeah. dropping gems no, right no, now. Yeah. I mean, I'm like, <laughs> I'm getting old. So it's like, these are just like, it all comes with age, bro. <laughs> yeah. It sounds like it, it's, uh, your experiences so far, including your marriage, have been very influential to this kind of, you know, mindset, which not only affected your life, but your, your artwork as well. Mm. You speak quite frequently or, you know, relatively frequently and quite fond of, of your, your partner, your wife and, um, how she's really helped Mm. this project come around songs to come home to, uh, you mentioned online on Instagram at one point you were like, you know, like, this is my home. This is for you. What, how, how else has she really like helped this project come around? Like where, where's her input been even from like a non-musical standpoint? I think that's what I love about Mion is that like she obviously supports everything that I do and she's like the most kind, positive person I've ever met in my life. But also she's just like she doesn't see me as like anything but Reg or like her yeah. husband. Yeah. And I love that because it's like we just see each other as who we are and everything else that I do is just an extension. But there's so much more. And I'm sure like for anyone listening that's, you know, is creative you know, there's so much more than us and just for the art that we do. There's this whole other facet of life that we have, this belief system, this kind of upbringing, this like, you know, there's so many facets that make us who we are that it's just refreshing to 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 be with someone that loves me for who I am no matter what I do. And I think that's where the inspiration from Songs to Come Home to came from. I think my family is always been my most important thing especially my mum and my sisters and you know when I would go through things or I would you know figure out you know what I wanted to do in life they were just there always you know unconditionally supportive and then I met Mion and obviously fell in love and we got married and it was funny like she was a reminder that I have this amazing family and like Songs to Come Home To is is about the people that make us who we are and the people that kind of helped us get to where we are. And I think that's the theme of the album. You know, it's like it's not a homecoming. It's like it's a big party. It's more more or less just kind of like 
you know, there's people that have listened to me back in the day from like high school or college, mm. and now they're like, they might have kids or they could have a home or they have this like amazing job. They're just like grown people that have like gone through all this stuff. And that's what this album's about. It's like, it's the journey, man. And it's like, it always comes back to, to people that we relate to as home, whether it's family, friends, or your wife or your husband. Or yeah, your facts. And so that, that's the kind of like epitome of this whole kind of project. And she really kind of like reminds me every day that she's the reason why I have this amazing kind of like outlook to life and I'm really blessed. And yeah, it's a daily reminder because, you know, we're married and we see each other every day and then <laughs> kind of like reminded it's like, ah, oh, I have this amazing mum that's like just yeah. this hero of mine that, you forget about sometimes you because do, life is hectic. Yeah. Like you might go a week and just forget you have this amazing person that brought you into this world and would do anything for you and has put up with all your <laughs> like just being an idiot of like yeah. throughout. But you, you just sometimes just need these reminders and I think that's what hopefully when you listen to this album, you just get caught in your feelings and you think about all those people that because life is hectic, you're like, oh, I should call them or I should text them or. Should take just thinking mom that, out actually, for brunch like, or something. <laughs> I was just, I was actually just thinking that as he was talking about it, I was like, I should text mom. I haven't, <laughs> yeah. I haven't texted my mom today. Yeah, it's like that because yeah. life is crazy, you know. You just, you get so caught up in like the day to day stuff that you just forget how how like yeah how blessed we are. Mm. Yeah, no, I feel that, man. You know, you, speaking of your of your mom as well, like she's obviously. <laughs> obviously been around since the beginning but yeah. when you were a kid and stuff like you know did you did you have like creative like outputs before kind of touching into music post leaving tafe and all that stuff or was there did you do instruments and stuff or no. like obviously you you were saying there wasn't really much of a direction up till that point but was there ever a creative flair to you because like the success you've you've achieved since then has been incredible oh thanks man i, I don't know like I try and think back. I can't remember much from my childhood and I need to check. I need to Google if that's a problem. <laughs> <laughs> but I think like I, I try and, memories yeah, yeah, there. something's <laughs> going on there. Maybe I need to do another podcast about that. But, um, yeah, I, I think like, you know, my dad's side, you know, from the, the Maori heritage, they're always very musically inclined. Dad always had a guitar and him and his brothers always had those key key chords that you know you could play any song with my mum is filipino so like karaoke and just you know wanting to be a jabberwocky was always in my yeah. <laughs> always in my like ceiling that was my ceiling so i think like i wasn't like outrightly um, actually no that's actually that's wrong i was a drama student <laughs> really yeah so i was actually I'm thinking now yeah it's all coming back to me now. Uh, when I left, oh, young dramatic. This yeah, so yeah. When I went to high school, I I applied for the drama program at John Curtin, this place in, near me in Fremantle, and they just had this drama program that they were signing at, and I auditioned and I got in, and I think that was like really kind of like the start of like being, you know, the inklings of the confidence about exploring creativity and like because mm. you know you had to rock up to drama class. I went to like a school where there was a soccer team. That was what they were known for. And so you had the boys that were like playing soccer and then you had me and these other drama students and you had to wear this like this particular outfit. Right. It was like these really short, short drama shorts Ooh, yep. and like these like 
And so that, that taught me a lot <laughs> just to like <laughs> be, be okay with yourself. But yeah, I think that's where it started. But in terms of like musicality, I, I never learned any instruments and it kind of all happened in high school. Fell in love with hip hop and people were, were just sharing mixtapes. We were sharing CDs. Mm. I wanted to be a rapper at one point and we used to do freestyles, scary stuff. Dude, where where is that on the album? Because I yeah. feel like that's the last element that's missing from you oh, there's some at this point. There's some rap somewhere, um, old laptops for sure, yeah. But then I was like, nah, I can't be a rapper. And then I fell in love with like, the first beat I heard was Fall in Love by Sun Village by Jay Dilla. And like I was listening to hip hop heaps. I was listening to like all types, underground, like from like slug and atmosphere all the way to like Little Brother to Jay Dillard wow, to, true. you know, Nas and all the East Coast and West Coast. But then I something just like clicked when I heard Fall in Love by Slum Village. And I was like, like, what? How do you make a beat like this? Mm. And that's when it started. I was like, we found, like, I found the sample. I went digging to find that sample and I recreated it. And that was kind of like where it started. It all started with Jay Dillard, like most people. Damn. So this is about like 15 years ago now. Yeah, bro. It was like longer actually, 20. It Sheesh. was like 2000 and yeah, 2000, year 2000 is when I, in high school, fell in love with like hip hop. And I remember I heard Fall in Love when I was in high school. So it's crazy because yeah, the accessibility to like music production, like software and everything back then, it you know, it would have been difficult to kind of been able to find the sample firstly, download it, recreate it. Like, you know, nowadays it's it's like Oh bro. That process would take like ten minutes, but back then it was like a week thing. Yeah. It was like you know, you had to find it and then you'd try and find it on LimeWire and it would take like a day or two to download because you'd get like these duds. Dial up internet. Yeah. You would like download one you thought it would have and then it would be like (laughs) it would be like DJ Clue. And it's like, oh, "Oh, it's not the one I wanted. And then (laughs) you would, yeah, go digging for these records in like where we're from, Perth. There's not many record stores. They might be different now, but back when, you know, when I was digging, it was hard to get them. And then, yeah, we had a, me and my homie had an MPC that we shared. It was his, but he let me kind of like use it and then. That's where it all started. But yeah, it was harder to get into music back then. Yeah. When you're working on this album, right? Like, you know, people people look at albums and they're like, oh, it's just like a body of work. You record it in a studio and then you let it go. But there's a lot more, obviously, that goes into that, especially from a creative standpoint. You know, you've got your mm-hmm. videos, you've got your artworks and stuff. Are you involved or how heavily are you involved in like the rest of the creative side of of taking out this album all the way through? Yeah, that's, that's been the great thing, man. I mean, ever since we started pretty soon, five years ago, which is my creative agency that I run with my homie that I've known since we were like in high school, you know, me and him actually, you know, fell in love with hip hop and wanted to DJ and sample. That's how it started. But, awesome. you know, both him and I then kind of sat down and wanted to kind of just come up with the creative direction around the visuals of the album together and do it from scratch because I'd never done that for myself in previous releases. You know, I'd, I'd given some kind of like moods and like how, where I want to go, but to actually like do it from scratch and be a part of like all the visual kind of like direction, it was really fun, you know, and that's why I mean like I want to keep doing it because being in the driver's seat like that was really empowering and I loved it. And, you know, we, mm-hmm. we, we put a lot of work in the creative direction because we really wanted to create these like 
mementos that reminded you of certain things in your childhood. And we even did this like survey where we sent to fans and asked them to, you know, give us a bunch of like of their memories. And that's where these six mementos that you'll see like on my socials and when we start like rolling out the album in the next couple of weeks. It's all based off that, you know, we wanted to give people a feeling of nostalgia, but like with a, you know, unique twist and to kind of get people in that mindset before they listen to the album. Yeah, that's sweet, man. That's, it's, it's really cool. Cause like most people, when you see, when you see an artist drop an album, like you understand that they had input definitely from the music standpoint, Yeah, you're never really sure if like they had control over the rest of it. But it's really cool to see that this is a project that you're putting your heart and soul into, not only from a music standpoint, but from every creative faucet, you know? Yeah, it's been great, man. And I want to keep chasing that feeling because, you know, I think the more you can be in control of what the end product looks like, just the more proud you be and also the better, you know, the richer it'll be in the end. So Mm. it's been. I feel like it it represents you a lot better as well. Like, totally. You become a bit more proud of the product at the end of the day. Yeah, for sure. In terms of like, you know, working with all these amazing people on on the project, who was your favorite? Or is there any standout moments, you know, over the collaboration? I think like Questlove is one that obviously when when you think of Questlove, he's just like this creative powerhouse and this like idol, not only in the hip hop space, but in the general in music, music, in general, in yeah, music in general and like in culture, he is just a needle mover. He's just that dude. I think... He's taught me a lot about what it, what it is to be a very generous and just humble person, no matter how far you level up in the ranks. Do you know what I mean? It's like yeah. I, I, I'll i be the first to say that I used to talk to a lot of people and then when they blew up, it's just it's the way it goes. You just don't hear from them again because they just get busy or whatever. But he was just like overly like generous and, and like giving in terms of collaboration and like just – Gave a lot of his time, a lot of his insight, was very generous and just very because like he's a he's one of the idols to me, you know. I used to listen to the roots and he was one of those the roots were one of those pinnacle groups that I grew up on. So, you know, he was a big kind of highlight for me. I I can't talk about Matt McWaters enough. He's just I yeah, I'm waiting for him to blow up because he's just so musically gifted, but also me and him just think very similar. And, you know, we have a band name called Please Wait. We did a song with Masego called Flight 99. And, yeah, you know, man, who can forget about that? Yeah, I think like we, I just want to keep working with him because he inspires me so much. And there's so many other great artists, but one I'll just call out today is, is Noi. So he, with no disrespect, he's, he's still coming up. You know, he's still on the come up and he, I feel like he's going to blow up for sure. But he's like an amazing, artist he is yeah I, I don't know he's just like me and him have great synergy too when we're working together but he is like an amazing rapper singer songwriter and producer too he does it all so he's kind of helped shape a lot of the songs on this album and yeah i can't wait for people to hear it because it's just showcasing him which i'm just as excited about yeah i i loved his contribution towards the whole project like there's a couple of tracks that he's on there and it was He's obviously like, you know, I am not too familiar with, with his previous work or anything, but I think, you know, you're definitely following Questlove's footsteps in, the, in that sense of being very generous and giving towards people that you just believe in. So, I mean, you can see that with Noise Contribution and so many other like amazing artists on here. 
as well. Was it tough to kind of like have to pick and choose like where to put people and and like how many people to choose and you know having to reduce numbers on features for the <laughs> for the label probably. <laughs> oh, true. But for me, it was fun. I was like, like come one, come all. But it was like it got to a point where they were like, all right, is this like the twenty tracks going to stop here? Right? I was like, oh, I don't know. But like the way it kind of happened was just it happened quite organically where people were coming and finishing a song and then we get onto the next one and we bring someone in and, you know, maybe they wouldn't be able to do it. And then we, you know, maybe try something ourselves and find someone else. And it, it all happened quite, I mean, when you got seven years, these things can like happen over time and it's not mm. as much of a cram session. I think in the last two years, we were just kind of figuring out which songs we were going to really power ahead with and like get finished. So yeah, I think, it does look overwhelming, the track list and all the, all the guests on it, but it was like super smooth, the experience. It was great. Yeah. Was this, has this project like been in the, in the mix for seven years now? It's like, it's been the last two years, really, like really making an effort to get this thing stuff done. But there's demos from like five, five to seven years ago that have kind of reappeared and are part of this thing, which I think is special because, you know, and you, I think some, you'll be able to hear some of that. There's some tracks you're like, oh, this is like kind of old otaku or this feels like more like in that era. So, yeah, that's what's been special too, kind of like uncovering older demos and bringing them to life with, with mm. new, new vigor. Everything sounds so like luscious and like almost dreamy, you know, like is was that intentional in terms of like the sound? Yeah, 100%. We wanted that nostalgia feeling to come through in like that new, you know, we wanted to feel like, nostalgia but re-inspired nostalgia or like re reignited because you know nostalgia is an interesting feeling you know it can can make you feel a little bit like sad like good sad but like it's still melancholy melancholy yeah it's like on yeah. that in that side of fence of of like you know depression um no it's like <laughs> but we wanted to kind of have the same thing that you know that mel- melancholy but also at the same time feeling like inspired by that feeling so that's what we're yeah going for yeah. It it, yeah, it might yeah. have like a melancholy, more emotional feel to it, but it doesn't feel sad in any aspect. Oh, that's like good. the project doesn't feel like you're trying to push this idea of like, oh, things used to be so good and yeah, now, right. Like, oh, that's good. Like, yeah, because it, <laughs> it could happen, happen that way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I it think is that's a fine yeah. line though. It is. A it fine is. Line, I it agree. is. Yeah, that's a good point. I think that's what we wanted to chase. It's like, yeah, chasing that kind of melancholy without it feeling like it's a retrospect to like what we used to be or like mm. the good old days or whatever. Yeah, I feel that. On a completely random side note, did you know that there's a guy on Love Island that shares your name? I think so. There's also a seal <laughs> somewhere oh, out there. There's like a seal, like like a, a, a mammal. No, not a mammal. Like an actual like a sea animal, mammal. Like- yeah, an animal. There's That's also crazy. like a there's also like a New Zealand wine company oh, that. Yeah, yeah the amount of text i guess like hey bro is this your wine company i'm like no. <laughs> same names happen all the time <laughs> that's crazy your name is like a is a throw to your heritage correct yeah yeah it's um you know maori it's uh it just means me or like myself okay cool but a lot of people also think it's like japanese inspired there's a taku like from mflow but yeah, it's a nod to kind of like my heritage. Awesome. Well, I mean, you know, it's been amazing talking to you, man. You know, it's the project is incredible. It's awesome to learn about the backstory as to how it came about and all the 
inspirations to it. Do you have anything? Like, obviously, you've just dropped this one. Like, you know, what's next for you? Please. Right, this is me as a fan. Just saying, <laughs> can you please do a performance somewhere? Is that ever going to happen? Can we expect that at all? I don't know. I'd like to say yes, but I don't know, man. I mean, like, that's one thing for me. I, I definitely want to to have my music for people to enjoy. I know that touring, it's just not for me, like, like right now. Mm-hmm. Oh, who am I kidding? Forever. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I mean, like, it's like, yeah, I, I think for me, I just want, I really want people to just hear this thing. I've been sitting with it for so long, but I'm just excited to, to, you know, for people to listen to it and love it or hate it. I just, I'm excited for it just to be out there, you know, and I think for me, it's been a long time coming. I'm excited just to write the next thing as well you know and to to see what that looks like and now that this kind of songs to kind of construct is finished i'm excited just to kind of start fresh and do something that's not based on any notion that's not based on any previous release and it's just this thing so i'm excited to do that and yeah i'm also just like thankful as well like you know thanks thankful for you for your time but also thankful anyone that kind of listens to my music in any capacity because i think without the listeners or without that audience you know we're nothing as artists and you know i really want to thank everyone that's kind of like stuck with me and everyone's patience like if that's assuming if you have been waiting for new music for me but if you have thank you for waiting and i hope you like i hope you like this album amazing well look you know hope to see you on the stage one day if not i'll re-watch my videos from maybe i'll be on the stage recording you as like a videographer <laughs> and that'll that'll count. And then you'll be like, "Yeah, Reg is performing." Reg is on the stage. That doesn't yeah. count, man. I'm trying to hear you on a mic. I know, for real. Yeah, who it's knows? Good, who knows what the future? I'm just gonna is. go back and rewatch my videos from 2016. State of the art, bro. It's cool, right? <laughs> man, appreciate your time so much, man. Nah, thank know, you, man. Thank you, thank you for everything you've given us in terms of creative output up till this point. Really looking forward to what comes next. And you know, thanks for thanks for just being you. Uh, thank you, man. Appreciate it. And thank you for your time, bro. I appreciate it. Thank you. Welcome home. A podcast by Taku. Taku.